of thinking through the different ways that you can, you know, get through the clutter on the games you play. First kind of games we see people playing, this is in your notes there, are status and approval games. Status and approval games. Tell me who to be. Those of you that are familiar with what we teach and figure that shift out about the camel, lion, child progression that Nietzsche popularized, that most adults are born and they become a camel, they believe and behave how others want them to, they never search that out for themselves. I will tell you right now that most people never graduate beyond status and approval games. That's the level that most people stay at, the camel level. Some people make it beyond that into rebellion games. This is where you're energized to say, I'll show you who I'm not. This is the lion phase. So the word there after rebellion in your notes is lion. Now, teenagers tip their toes in the rebellion game, very often in the West. We know that's not necessarily a paradigm that happens all over the globe, but they tip their toes in the rebellion game, oftentimes under pressure will come back to how they were raised. Rarely do they stay in that second uh, worldview that's kind of a reaction to the one they grew up with. Third, third type of games. These are the games that we want to play. Desire and vision games. Desire and vision games. I'm learning who I am and what I really want. And to use the Nietzschean progression here, this is the camel, lion, child, the child being the last one. So when I'm showing up today, is there a part of me this morning that wants to impress you and make you go, man, how, like, how, how is not the whole world at recharge? <laughs> of course, right? But I could just play the status and approval game. I could get in my head on that and go, oh, I'm just got to be different to be different, the rebellion game, or I get to vision and desire. And that's where we see the highest level of gameplay show up. No, you don't have to read a lot to understand that this applies this applies to economies to markets those of you that think we live in a system where it's all equal uh, go study long-term capital management and how the federal government had to step in and rescue the economy in like 1992 it's a pretty unknown story it's happened publicly since then in a number of ways but people buy into the games you're tricked at every level unless you're playing the game for your desire and vision. And that's what we want to do. So this is the second idea that I want to see. I want you to see what happens. We have an amazing capacity, and this is in your notes, to convince ourselves of a false reality or create a new reality. We have an amazing capacity to convince ourselves of a false reality or create a new reality. And this is what we're doing all the time when we use the seasons model to say, what's the reality I'm trying to run away from? I need to accept what is. Most people spend their day wasting effort and energy, not seeing massive leverage happen on their energy skills and gifts because they use the operating hum of their mind to convince themselves of what they wish was true rather than just accepting it leaning into it and then saying, let me now create the reality I want to be true. Are you convincing yourself of a reality? Or are you creating a new reality? So the way that we see people get stuck in a cul-de-sac on this and they start losing the game. And, and let me paint a picture for you like this. Somebody starts out, they go to college, they pick a major, 
they kind of have a little bit of joy from it. They get into a job doing it for a few years. They're not as fulfilled. They make a change. They find something that you're kind of good at and kind of enjoy, and they lock in at a cruising altitude in that in their profession. And, and really, from there, their 30s and 40s and 50s are accumulating more medals, status and approval games. Occasionally, they'll go through a midlife crisis and hit a rebellion game, but very few people are playing vision and desire games because it's too hard to wake up, true story from my life, at 37 and say, I have to stop everything I'm doing and start doing this. Um, last year was sight shift. We have to go in this direction. We have to make these changes. The more that you accept reality and are honest about the kind of game you're playing, then you can start creating the reality you want to see happen. Now, number three, how are you going to do it? How are you going to create that new reality to live that vision? It's how fast you learn. I want to equip you with a model today so that you stay at the edge of your inspirations and you learn as fast as you can in the game that you're playing. When you're in new territory, when you're in new spaces, we used this example before, you're on the Serengeti and you walk in the jungle. There's new predators, there's new plants that are dangerous, there are new plants that'll make you healthy, there's new places to find shelter. All of these things are new. When you're stepping out of what's known into the in-between and you're trying to figure that game out, you wanna learn fast. So number three, after vision, learning fast is the essential mother skill. Learning fast is the essential mother skill. Um, it's, it's this whole idea of you can teach them, you can give a man a fish or teach a man to fish, right? And the meta skill that the internet has brought about, the mother skill is you can give a man a fish, you can teach a man to fish, or you can teach a person to learn. That's the real juice. That's the real magic. Because then we can put you into any novel new environment. You can get to the edge of your abilities and be as effective as possible. How do you get to that place? Well, you guys know this. Being taught like I'm teaching you now levels you up. If you take what I share with you and you try to teach it next week, you're going to get it even deeper. Then, if you built your own teaching from deconstructing and reconstructing, you're going to get it even deeper. And that's what we're talking about when it means to learn. Now, is it good enough to learn something? Absolutely. That's a start. But that's why we end with figure that shift out. Go teach what you know, because you're going to start getting it deeper. What's even more powerful than that is when you start building your own models. How do you do that? Well, that's the process of learning. So look at number four with me. I want to walk you through the process of learning here. Now, when I talk about the process of learning, I need to distinguish between inspired moments. Inspired moments, they're in your notes. Those are great. I love them. Your blood sugar's dialed in or your sugar high. You got caffeine pumping through your system. <laughs> you haven't succumbed yet to that lie that happens to all kids where they're taught that they're not creative. The number of adults that, adults that tell me they're not creative, you ask them in kindergarten studies show, like we're all artists in kindergarten and in fifth grade, we're afraid. Are you an artist? Well, I don't wanna raise my hand because I don't wanna get beat up on the playground. And we all have these ways of thinking that creativity is external more than internal. And it's in your notes there. Actually, creativity, 
when it's understood, I want you to get it that it's more internal than external. I can show you somebody that works at a cafe that is tatted up, has the right hipster clothes, doesn't really apply deodorant thoroughly, has a great pickle recipe, and the world thinks they're super creative. And I can show you a CFO who knows how to manage a spreadsheet and build models of your financial future that would rock your heart and mind. Creativity is more internal than external. So how do we take this process of learning and get beyond inspired moments into really cooperating with an internal creative process? Here it is. It's a model for you, four rhythms. And I'm gonna give these to you. Number one is holding paradox. Now, the reason I teach in models and frameworks is because I could take a theorem or an idea like you would in math and show you all the supporting evidence. It's more effective to learn a model because then you can apply it to any situation that you're facing. So that's why I do things like this. First, I'm showing you step one of this learning model how to learn fast, how to stay inspired, how to be in the middle of the game and play vision and desire, desire games. Number one, you got to hold paradox. What do I mean by hold paradox? Every breakthrough that you want, every new learning that you need, no matter how small or big, it's connected to being able to stand in the electric middle of two opposing ideas. If right now you're at a place where you wish your business was growing faster, you're standing in the electric middle of two ideas. You're looking at the reality of where your business is and you're looking at the reality of where it could be. That's, that's a war, that creates a war. Most people think once that war is occurring, they're off track, they're stuck, they're in the wrong place. Absolutely not. Vision always outpaces the resources. When you're in a place that two opposing ideas are pulling at something, that's how you know that's a signal and a clue that you're about to learn something that could really change your life. Holding paradox means this. I separate the form from the function of something so I can understand what's really going on. Right now in my life, I look at a number of places we've been able to break through with sight shift. Well, let's separate form and function. We know the function of what happens through people getting transformed to figure that shift out, the form of it delivered in one-to-one -one coaching, what if the form needs to be groups? So we've shifted to groups now. And we understand the difference between form and function because we sat with paradox for a while. What else are we doing to sit with paradox in regards to groups? Well, now with the academy, and you'll find this out as we launch it, we're going to be launching four times a year, the opportunity for people that have come in and gone through figure that shift out to go through other groups. So we accept reality as it is, but we look at where it can be. Now, the reason most people don't learn vision and desire games and just settle for status and approval games or rebellion games, and they, they hit the edge of their ability and decades then go on repeat, is because they just start accepting a diminishing return. They accept a diminishing return. They tolerate or avoid. Are you seeing what you want to see happen? No? Well then, keep working at it. I'm patient with the results. I'm gonna be patient with the results, but I cannot let go of stomaching the tension of these two polar opposites. My reality doesn't currently match my dreams, ambitions, and desires, and vision. That's okay. Now, two years ago, 
my reality matched my dreams, ambitions, desires, and vision. And I was thankful to be where I was, but I knew there was more. There was a poet, Keats, in uh, I think uh, 1817. He talked about this idea of growth happens when you sit in the negative capability. Our brains don't like that. Our brains want certainty. Our brains want, want what makes sense, which is why our brains force false narratives. Holding paradox is the beginning point of learning because I look at these two opposites. Second, after you start to hold paradox, then you get into pattern recognition. You start to study. When I was teaching my daughter softball, I never played Little League Baseball as a kid. I don't know jack about what I'm teaching them. So I start to just pay attention to holding paradox. You got to swing the bat and you got to hit the ball. So then you study it and look for the patterns. Oh, I've heard people use a phrase a ton. Keep your eye on the ball. I have some about amount, little amount of natural athletic intelligence. And so I taught them that at a very elementary dumb level. Of course, when I sent them off to go play, I told them, if your coach tells you anything different than what I told you, I'm your dad. I'm right. Never question me. No, of course. I was like, listen to this softball coach because Chris does, dad doesn't know Jack. But this idea of starting to recognize the patterns, I can learn anything fast because I start to break it apart. Listen, the reason people stop steps short of the breakthroughs that would get them out of limbo into a new level, into a new arena, into a new era, into a new stratosphere of whatever they want to accomplish in their vision, it's because they don't understand gaining a quality is harder than retaining a quality. Like once you get to the point that you can do 10 pull-ups, keeping the ability to ten, do 10 pull-ups is way easier than gaining the ability to do 10 pull-ups. I know this because I haven't really done upper body like I need to the last number of years. And I've been doing this exercise program and every day I do the back and I'm, or every time I do the back, I should say, then I feel these little muscles that they're like, hey man, it's been a while. I'm not sure if we're going to keep up with you the rest of today or not. So I've got to regain a quality that I had when I did concrete construction years ago because it's completely diminished. Every one of you have the potential to gain new qualities, but it's hard. What you're doing when you immerse yourself into learning something is you start looking for the patterns. What are the things that are happening on repeat? After you do that, you get to the third phase. You pause for the small. You pause for the small. You shrink it. Here's what I mean with pausing for the small or, or shrinking it. Elegant solutions that are simple. Everybody that comes up with anything that's like this, this elegant solution that they go, ah, that's it. They think that's where creativity starts. No, creativity has already been at work. They just didn't actively know how to participate with it. You hold paradox, you do pattern recognition, then you get the, the little small thing that's the elegant solution. It's the breakthrough. People think creativity starts there. They, their brain has already been working. They just don't know it. Once you know this process, you can actively position yourself for it. World-class teaching, deconstruction, coaching, mentoring in any field is recognizable by the fact that it can speak to a small, subtle change. Some of you know we have a speaking coaching program, and I'm amazed by how much impact somebody can generate in their ability to speak and move a room by adding one phrase of a few words that is the perfect transition from one section to another.
It's these small, little, subtle things when you could shrink it. You know, even with my kids and this terrible example that I'm using with softball, but about helping them in the way that they held the bat. Different little movements that make the big difference. The reason that most people don't ever get to the point that they recognize the small little changes that make the biggest difference is because they can't stomach the tension of the paradox and they don't stay with it long enough to recognize the patterns. But if you've had any breakthrough in life, you've done those first two things. Falsely, people that get a creative breakthrough, they think, oh, it just hit me. No, it hit you because your brain was putting in that work. You know, one of the things that you can do when you can shrink it to the small, you're the kind of person who can make meaning for yourself. And right now, as 2021, as we record this, I think people are more stressed out and at the edge of their abilities than ever before. And what they're learning is, I need to take care of myself better. And I would absolutely agree with that all day. But there's a higher level priority than just taking care of yourself well. It's your ability to make meaning out of all your actions. That's what keeps you from burning out, keeps you inspired, keeps you learning in the game. And when you can shrink every small thing you're doing, and connect it to the bigger picture of meaning, you stay inspired and you keep learning in the game. Last step after you do that, you pursue curiosity. You learn how to discern the surprises that come out of the small changes. You receive the inspirations and then you analyze. Look, there are times in meetings where I might zone out, but for the most part, 98% of the time in everything I do throughout the day, I'm fully engaged at the edge of my capacities. Why? Well, because I'm making a lot of choices to set me up for that. But I also am on the lookout for surprises. Once I've been able to shrink things down to a small awareness, and that's why we do proving and hiding and figure that shift out, by the way. We draw the circle smaller and 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 smaller. Because the more you can draw that circle of awareness in, and I'm using that phrase from Josh Waitzkin's The Art of Learning, that smaller that circle gets, the more you're shrinking it down, the more that you're able to discern a surprise. For so many people, they can't tell the difference between a distraction and synchronicity, a divine interruption, providence, whatever your wordings are, whatever your worldview would say. And what keeps you inspired and learning in the game is you hold the paradox. You start to recognize the patterns. You shrink it to the small. So you're in a meeting and you're noticing the way that someone is communicating a million things, but they haven't even spoken a word out loud. And then you discern those surprises. The only way that you can really recognize what's an interruption that you need to pay attention to, and it's a welcome gift, not a distraction, is that you already have a plan. The plan allows you to recognize the unique surprising insight. So for you to pursue your curiosities and discern surprises, it means though you shrink it to the small, you stay wide open for whatever might change next because what's going to happen 
is that surprise. You have that plan for how your day is going to go. You have that plan for how your meeting is going to go, and you shrink it to the small, but something changes, and you, you know this is a change you need to cooperate with. Guess what it's going to take you to? A new reality to accept. And so that's why this model helps me stay inspired, learning in the game at the edge of my abilities. If right now you face a challenge and you've got some open loops around it, it is the strength of your mind to develop a non-judgmental brain to look at it and accept reality and let go of all past conclusions, even if those conclusions feel sacred to you, to look at it fresh and hold the paradox that's there. This is how you become the kind of person who stays inspired, who learns in the game, and has the courage to change their mind. So take any current challenge you're facing right now, and where are you at with it right now? Do you need to accept some reality? Do you need to study it? Do you need to shrink it to that small action? Or are there some, some surprises to pay attention to? Be inspired. Learn in the game. Awesome. So much fun to share that.